Thank you so much for joining us back at the Self-Care Doc Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Brown, and today we've, of course, got Colin and Dr. Janice as we continue and finalize our conversation of communication, boundaries, and values. Let's do it. Yeah. Do you know if you put a yellow and a black jelly bean side by side, you have go Hawkeye for jelly beans. We might edit them. No, you're the one that brought jelly beans. Jelly beans are not They are. So are the Hawkeyes. Go any team that works hard to do their best. Yay sports. Absolutely. <laughs> Yay sports ball. All right, gang. Thank you so much for being with us today. So, so very happy to be here with uh, Colin and Janice. Um, and they're happy to be here with me. They told me so. So just I I'm just this. really glad you always. got to see me today, guys. Uh, it's, it's always a blessing. Always a blessing. Um, so today we're going to kind of conclude our episodes, our series of values, boundaries, and communication. And we really want to make sure we're focusing today on ways to have more effective, healthy communication with others and with ourselves. So with that, when I, when I bring up the concept of, or when we talk about the idea of best ways to communicate in a relationship, like what's one of the most important primary things we should be focusing on? I, I think at the end of the day, when you're having, and, and obviously we're talking about um, communication when we're ta- around boundaries, around values, you know, sometimes not the most easy conversations. But one of the things I'll throw out there is start with you statement or I statements, not you statements. <laughs> it's hard to say that into a microphone because you're saying, I want to start with telling you what is true to me and where I'm coming from and how I feel, not you did this, you did that, you did this. So starting with I statements, I think when we're talking about effective communication, it, it is key. Right. And one of the little templates that I learned in school um, at Creighton, go Blue Jays. Back when they had one room? Oh, my, oh my goodness, goodness. Nelly. That's ageism, so, Colin. Ah! That's not okay. <laughs> but this made a lot of sense to me, and it was basically feel, want, willing. It's but feel what? Feel, want, willing. I've never heard that. I have not either. Feel, want, I'm intrigued. Willing. The yeah. dinosaur has spoken here. Okay, I feel. Okay, feel. This, this was written on a tablet, I'm sure. Yes, it was. Stone one, not a Mac one. <laughs> All right. But basically, it puts these things into a little easy-to-use formula when we're wanting to talk about something and we have a little anxiety about it. We're not sure how to bring it up, and we know it can be a touchy topic. Mm -hmm. And so it's along the lines of, you know, hi, Colin. I'm feeling frustrated about a few things, and I really want to talk is that something you're willing to do right now or what time would work better for you? Would this evening work better for you? So I'm really saying I'm feeling X. I want to talk about something. Are you willing? In other words, is this a good time for you? I want to make sure it's a time that's good for both of us. I love that. Now, the willing part, you can shift that word a little bit because – if the person's a stinker, they can certainly say, willing, I'm never willing to talk about finances kind of a thing. But it really just puts things out there for us. And 
maybe, Colin, you just got home from work and you're like, hey, I am more than happy to talk about, you know, what your concerns are. Let me change, have a little bit of dinner, relax, and then absolutely we can visit about those things. What I really appreciate about that, uh, Janice, is um, it's this is something that's important to me. And what I hear in that is I'm inviting the person to the conversation. I'm not demanding it. Because the reality is we've got to make sure that we are uh, being respectful of their time too. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times have you heard uh, heard a spouse say, um, well, they came in and they just started asking me questions and I was in the middle of doing something. Well, what if they're actually working? What if they're doing something and their mind is engaged in something and you're just kind of selfishly saying, no, this is now the most priority, most important priority for you right now. Mm-hmm. And it's very disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And so uh, my kids, uh, we have uh, kind of a rule in our home that – um, if I'm in a conversation or anybody's in a conversation with somebody, if they want to come up and say something, what they'll do is they'll walk up and they'll just put their hand on my arm. And that's the kind of a cue that, hey, dad, when you get a second, you know, uh, engage me in this conversation. Now, some people would be like, oh, that's weird. Well, my kids are also very respectful and kind and loving and smart and all these wonderful things. Um, not do fully to me. I will absolutely give credit where it's due. Um, but it's being able to um, being able to say, hey, um, I want to give you my attention when I'm able to give you my attention. Mm-hmm. And just because it's a priority for you, well, what is it? Uh, poor planning on your part is not a priority on my part. Mm-hmm. It's that same mentality. And mm-hmm. so invite the conversation. And if you have a partner or somebody that's just like, well, yeah, we can talk about it later. That's where a boundary really comes in and says, this is a topic that uh, that I want to have a discussion about and it needs to happen by this time. Now, it's not about control. It's about saying, I need to be able to get this off my mind too. And we look back, there's a concept called the, the Zygernik effect or the Zygarnik effect. And the simplified version of it is, is, is essentially says um, when we have unfinished tasks and processes in our minds, that causes us more stress and anxiety than had we never started it or had we completed it. So if you have 15 things on your to-do list, uh, just having them halfway done or, or not even started, excuse me, having them halfway done or incomplete will cause you more stress than had you never started it or had you finished it. A good example, you go out to mow your lawn, halfway through it starts raining. That'll actually cause you more stress and anxiety than had you never even started it. Mm-hmm. And so when we have lists upon lists upon lists to get stuff done, what we're doing is we're actually hindering ourselves from being able to accomplish anything effectively. And so the same thing happens in relationships. When we have a topic we need to discuss, we need to set that boundary and invite the conversation. And it, sometimes it's uh, your partner might say, um, well, we can talk about it later. What's the follow-up? Okay, when would work best for you then? Now, I'm getting my way because I want to have the conversation. And if I have to be a little flexible, great. I'm happy to do that so that you feel safe and comfortable in the conversation as well. Right. And what I recommend with patients, I'd like to know what your feedback is, Dr. Brown, is I say 24 hours. 24 hours max? Yes. Like so within the 20? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the same thing if couples are having a conversation and someone needs to take a time out because they're getting too too heated, that it's like, okay, I'm getting too angry, too frustrated, I need a timeout. And, you know, to be able to say, let's come back, let's table this, come back in an hour. You know, some people need an hour, some people need five minutes. Sometimes it's like, you know. Uh, and if you're someone, because I'm someone who likes to keep the conversation going, I'm like, no, I want to finish this. No. So Can you believe that? But here's what's amazing, and I, I recently came across this, and uh, when it comes to timeouts, and, and you're absolutely 100% correct, that there are people that need those timeouts, myself included. I, I think anybody would say, at some point in my life, I've needed to take a step back from a conversation that is not going the direction uh, that I want it, either emotionally or whatever. Like I'm, I'm feeling threatened, or there's multiple reasons why conversations break down, and we can get into that. 
What I would like to suggest is the time to talk about how to take a timeout in a conversation is not when you get there. Absolutely. And so, and there should be, um, with my son, what we have is we, you know, unfortunately, or we are both connected uh, to our cell phones and everybody. So our sign to each other, if we're in a conversation, if we put our phone on the kitchen counter and say, I'm putting my phone down, that is now indicating that we're taking a time out from this conversation. And both people understand that that is what's going to happen. The second thing I'd like to add to that is a timeout needs to be um, predetermined as far as how long it's going to be and what each individual is going to do during that time. Because, and and I see some people, um, you know, may, may not agree with this, but when you take a time out from a conversation, if it is not understood on what that is going to look like, that can cause a ton of anxiety in the other person. So Absolutely. like my son knows that I'm going to go into my office and I'm going to either spend some time journaling about what it is that I'm trying to say, or I'm going to just sit there and reflect on where the conversation has gone. So he's not worried that I'm leaving the house and I'm not even like I'm dismissing his feelings or whatever it is. He knows that I'm taking some time away to focus on how can I better engage that conversation. I know that he's going to his room for a max of 15 minutes and he's not playing video games or getting on his phone, which is why we put the phones on the kitchen counter. So we know that this isn't just a, I'm getting out of this conversation because I like where it's not, I don't like where it's going. So I would suggest that like, and and really, you know, I, I personally believe, and I'd love to hear the feedback is, you know, timeout shouldn't be more than maybe 20 to 30 minutes in a conversation to really take some time to focus and then come back. But the real point of this is not about how long, but it's about that there's a mutual understanding on how we're going to do timeouts and what that looks like for each individual. So it will remove that anxiety or that feeling of, of being invalidated when somebody just gets up and storms away. Yeah, I, I think you're onto really, some really great points there. Um, one of the things I work with couples on is exactly that idea that if if one of you is starting to feel uncomfortable in the conversation, um, recognize that and be able to say, you know, I'm feeling very overwhelmed in this conversation right now. I just need to reset. So I'm going to take 10 minutes to myself just to reset, recalibrate. Um, and it's not saying, can I have it? No, it's saying, here's my boundary. I am taking this. And where it fails so often is the other partner doesn't know that and they keep pursuing. Mm-hmm. No, no, we're going to talk about this right now. It's like, no, they're respecting you enough so that they don't want to say something that they're going to regret or they don't want to say something that is tangential and doesn't make any relevance or sense to the conversation. And so it's really important to, if they ask or if they say they're taking the time, that they get the time. Now, uh, the time frame of it, what I encourage folks is uh, you, you tell them you're taking 10 minutes. And some people say, oh, sometimes it's going to take a week to get over it. And I remind them of a client I had years ago who uh, had a heart attack, had a, uh, uh, was basically pronounced dead, and they brought him back to life, and they basically got him out the hospital within like a few hours uh, for everything that they did to him. And I think if we can bring a person back to life and help them to sustain life and be stable enough to be able to go home, what the hell topic can you not get through in a few minutes? Now, here's the caveat. If you take 10 minutes and you're not there yet, you go back to your partner and you say, you know, I thought 10 minutes was going to be long enough and it actually wasn't. I need to take another 10 minutes. Then you come back because what what drags conversations on is emotion. 
not the actual focus of the point. And realize that every conversation is not about resolving anything. It, it doesn't have to be just about resolving. Sometimes it's just about exchanging the information and just this is how I'm feeling about this topic. We don't need resolution right now. Mm -hmm. And so often uh, when you get that side and you tell your perspective and then they tell their perspective maybe, when both people are feeling heard, now you have the same amount of information. Then decide when do you want to come back together and maybe make a decision about what, what happens next. Yes, and I think <clears throat> what may be a little bit different is I work with quite a few people who have bipolar disorder, um, anxiety disorders, different types of things that will impact their mood to a point that when they have such an enormous adrenaline flood, yeah. that it takes more physiologically, Absolutely. it takes more than 10 minutes for that to calm down. And so, you know, 24 hours or less is mm -hmm. not as extreme as it might seem. Right. Is, and, and I think the big key there, I completely agree with you, um, is you've got to communicate that. Yeah. 100%. Instead of just avoiding and pulling the ripcord and saying, see yes. you when I see you. Right. I think some of the other keys there are uh, avoid unnecessary conflict. We fight about some of the dumbest things. Yeah. What hill do you want to die on? Right. You can't die on all of them. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> That's, yeah, I've never heard it said that, by, that way. Mm -hmm. Here's one of the other things that I think is such a trap. And this is for everybody in this room is such a trap. Avoid sarcasm. Mm -hmm. Like sarcasm is not your friend. It is not helpful. It is so, so destructive in a relationship, especially when there's conflict. Um, and so being able to just uh, understand well, what is the point of what you're trying to do. The other thing is avoiding blame. We love to blame and we love to throw in everything in the kitchen sink, everything from the past. Now, there might be patterns, but focus on what is the topic of this conversation, mm -hmm. not what is the what is the problem with our entire relationship? And I think the, the yes, and and there is a lot of of stuff out there. Um, Vital Smarts uh, or the Crucial Family does um, uh, has three different books, but one of them is called Crucial Conversations. And 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 the key to these types of conversations is you can get through and say and have conversations about anything under the sun. But it's how you do it. And you have to understand that what happens in conversations when they go south is trust is broken. And that's really why things, um, things can go south in a conversation. And when that starts to happen, being able to step back and say, hey, we need to have mutual meaning and mutual respect in this conversation to gain trust. And so if the conversation is breaking down, that means trust is broken. And, and ultimately... Um, you have to start asking yourself, like, what do I really want out of this conversation? And if, if that is really what I want, am I acting in a way that shows that? Because where conversations go wrong is when our motives change. And honestly, we go into these conversations with great motives. I want to communicate. I want, I want to um, exchange information. But somewhere along the line, when that trust breaks down, our motives change. So if you find yourself trying to win a conversation, that is in a way motive. Yeah, if you find lost. yourself trying to prove somebody else wrong or trying to prove yourself right, that is a, a, a way motive, which means your trust is already broken down. If you can look at in the conversation and say, what is it that I really want out of this conversation? And are my actions and my words supporting that? If, 
any of those answers are no, that's a time to either take a time out physically like we just talked about or say, hey, we need to reestablish mutual meaning and mutual respect because the trust has broken down in this conversation. Yeah. And I think yeah, brilliant points along with uh, it's being able to what uh, understand or ask yourself, what is it? What about my partner's perspective or the other person's perspective? Can I actually agree on? You know, mm -hmm. is there some common ground here? Mm -hmm. And when you go into it and you find the common ground, now we're already working better together. And so it's all about that, um, that, that being open to their influence, kind of open to uh, uh, be, being curious about them. It might not make sense to you, but you don't get to make that decision or that determination until you actually appreciate and understand what it is they're trying to say. Um, well, and the importance of listening because, you know, how many times have I said, I know what I'm saying, but uh -huh. I don't know what you are hearing and how it is human nature to, when we are listening to someone, we are formulating our response. So when we're having a conversation that has started with, I'm feeling this way, I want to have this conversation, are you willing, knowing that we are going into a conversation that's very important, that as we're talking, that I'm saying how I'm feeling, and then maybe Colin you rephrase what you've heard back to me. And then I may say, yes, you've got it. Mm -hmm. Or I may say, yes, da-da-da-da-da-da, that's true. This other part, no, nope, not quite. It's that I feel like I want to do that three times a day and not four times a day, whatever that is. Well, and yes, like, and I think you can even go a, a little bit farther than that. It's like I've, I've often said, you know, like you can't get passionate and you can't, you know, you can't get not forceful, but, you know, argue your point. And that's that's not what we're saying. And I, I somebody told me once and it might have been in in this book um, is you can fight or be as passionate as you want in a conversation. The only rule is, is you have to be equally passionate and fight equally hard to hear the other person's perspective. Mm. So if you're wanting to really dig in, that's okay. But you have to dig in just as much to hear what the other person is saying. It can't be one side. Go ahead, Janice. I see your head. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, I think part of my problem here, if you will, as I'm hearing <laughs> that is... Controversy. Yes, I'm imagining a couple, you know, rationalizing why they're yelling and screaming um, and saying that they're as passionate about uh, understanding you, so they'll yell and scream at that point too. Um, I, yeah, I, you know, I just yelling and screaming. I don't, I don't think that's an appropriate. I don't. I wasn't saying yelling and screaming. Okay. If I did say that, no, you I'm didn't. You said passionate. passionate. And and I think we're thinking in context of a relationship, and that becomes very difficult, especially in a romantic relationship. I think if we think about it in the perspective of maybe uh, a boardroom and there's a decision that needs to be made at an executive level in an organization, you don't want to be the guy that really believes or the gal that really believes in the solution you are uh, or in, in the solution you do um, that that fights for it and doesn't listen to somebody else's. You can fight hard for your position. But right. that means you need to be willing to listen to uh, alternative perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Part of what I hear there is it's being able to uh, understand that they have uh, 
they have their own perspectives for a reason. And it's if they're giving us the same respect of listening and being open to uh, our ideas, uh, it's about mutual respect and saying, mm-hmm. okay, uh, I'd like to have the opportunity to kind of hear your perspective as well. Um, but make sure that we're putting as much effort into understanding their perspective. Uh, what happens so often, though, is we go in with an agenda and we don't give a damn what they have to say. Mm-hmm. And we discount everything that they say. Or, and so ration- being, yeah. or rationalizing it, why I'm yelling. Well, I'm Italian, so I always yell. You're it's back like, to this yelling no, thing, Janice. No, no. What's up with that? Well, I guess I uh, I see it a lot. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, and that's the that, that's the thing is it's it's I don't know that there's many things in my life. There are a few, but there's not many things in my life that I am just absolutely clear cut on that I cannot be forced to consider other alternatives. Mm-hmm. You know, even in my faith, I, I believe in God. Um, how I believe it, you know, or what what ways I believe it, there's some room probably for question there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet our own personal convictions and values is what determine those things. And realize that I, I don't, my job is not to convince other people to be themselves. My job is to model who, that I understand who I am and be me for a change. Uh-huh, nice tagline. Um, but it's also to give them space to be them without my judgment. Mm-hmm. And in a couple dynamic or relational dynamic, it's not about me versus them. It's us versus a situation. And when we really focus on the situation, we're not wasting emotional effort on fight, fighting the other person and trying to convince them. Mm-hmm. But we're looking at the end result of how does this affect us, not how does this help me. And we forget that so often. Remember, it's about we will, not I do. So um, so being open to that influence and being willing to change because our partner, our, our, our people in our lives, they're in our lives because we respect hopefully who they are. That's why they're in our lives. Why would we discount everything they have to say mm-hmm. when they're there to be kind of an additive to our lives just as we are to them? So, Well, we don't always have to serve our insatiable need to be right. Uh, yeah, that's easier said than done sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm talking to myself. So right. I can hear what I'm saying in the headphones. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you, you understand me. Yes. Well, and really focus on what you can control about yourself because you can't control anything they do. Right. So what can I control about myself? And sometimes and we're these very, very dualistic mindset uh, humans that we can have more than one feeling at the same time. We can be happy and sad at the same time. We're very complicated creatures. And mm-hmm. so I can be frustrated with somebody and still absolutely be in love with them. Certainly. And the, the one thing I want to say, because we're talking about communication, don't think. And, and, Period. And, Just yeah, don't think. Don't think. Hey, that's a song too. Um, anyways. I thought it was is, don't, don't speak. Maybe it is. <laughs> Go now ahead, you're, Now you're throwing me <laughs> off here. But no, I mean, in reality, right, we, we're talking about communication. We're talking about having conversations about things that need to be talked about. And all too often, what we do is we think if we don't say the hard things, that we're not communicating them. But just because you're not saying it doesn't mean you're not communicating. And ultimately, if you're not saying what it is you're feeling and having those conversations and and making sure that you are being true to you, you're going to communicate in some way, probably less effectively than if you would just have the conversation and say this, and I like how you talked about it, the feel, the want, and the willing. Mm-hmm. Because if you're not going to have that conversation, you're going to communicate your frustration some way. Right. Right. Just being very purposeful in our relationship and growing in communication and boundaries is just such a beautiful mixture for a healthy relationship. Absolutely. 
Well, and uh, this is a, to- a topic conversation that will absolutely be continued in several podcasts, several episodes going down the down coming in the future. Excuse me, because it's something that affects whether it's grief, whether it's excitement about our future, whether it's uh, partnering up, all of the different things that we interact in as humans, uh, communication, boundaries, and values will always be at the cornerstone of all of those. So uh, thank you for listening for this series for this week. Uh, We're so glad to have you as a part of our audience and so much of a part of everything we're doing here at the Self-Care Doc team. Uh, Make sure to follow us on TikTok, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, everywhere on the social media sites. We're out there. Um, and uh, check us out on TikTok on the TikTok Lives we do every night or every couple nights. Um, and uh, make sure to like, share, and follow with all the fun stuff. So, uh, Dr. Janice, Colin, uh, we're so glad to have you as part of the team, and we'll look forward to seeing you guys next time on the Self Care Doc Podcast. You tell me you were wrong, but your words fall short.